Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 274, and welcome back to my front porch. I hope you're doing great wherever you are, whatever time of day it is. I hope you're doing good. I got a fire going tonight. It's just a little bit chilly. I'm in shorts. Uh, but it's just a little chilly tonight, but absolutely beautiful. Uh, we had some rain this week, which means this. Uh, in the West Coast, when you have rain, uh, what it means typically is all that, like, I don't know, that pollution or whatever that is, it kind of clears up, and the sky becomes really, really beautiful, translucent, and, I mean, the stars tonight... They seem just a bit closer uh, to the front porch here. And so uh, it is a, uh, it's amazing night. It's a very beautiful night. Man, I, I told you a little bit about this week, about it being really busy. busy. Today was an amazing day. I had just awesome meetings with with my staff at Phoenix One and, and then just some people that are in the business of trying to help other people uh, and staff members just really, really help them through difficult situations. So just had some amazing conversations with some people. You know, I continue to remind myself how important community is, how important the body of Christ is. And I think the more I'm becoming aware of the whole thing, I, I'm, I'm starting to see maybe for the first time in my life, how the body and uh, the body as it relates to first Corinthians, just how it fits together. The body of Christ fitting together, hands and feet and eyes and toes and ears and nose and all the different parts coming together to serve. Uh, I'm seeing the importance of it. I think what has been going on for so long is we've been living so myopically, you know, kind of in our own abilities or our own tribes and doing our own things. And there's something that's happening. There's something that's happening is I start, I'm starting to see that people are becoming aware that those of us who really have can committed to following after Jesus are like, whoa, wait a second. We've just been through some stuff together. And our witness in some ways has been tarnished because we've not lived the way that Jesus has called us to live. And he's awakening us to that. And we all, we all have abilities. We all serve our purposes. You know, I was talking to some people over the last week, couple of weeks and just saying like, look, uh, we all have been given gifts and uh, I was meeting actually with some people who uh, contribute to the the nonprofit that I run Phoenix One and and I was saying isn't it beautiful she was like oh you, you guys are the good ones you're the holy ones and I was like wait a second you guys are contributing to help me to help us do the work that God's called us to we're all working together God has given you resources you're being generous towards this organization, towards my team, so that we can go be a blessing. And I'm like, look how this is all working together. Like, this is the body of Christ coming together. This is a city on a hill for the world to see. When all of us start to, uh, we're not jealous of other people's abilities or other people's talents. No, no, no. We're just like content in what God has given to us in what he's calling us to. And I'm just... I'm just becoming awakened to this reality and how important it is. So here's my encouragement as we go into this podcast. 
What is it that God has given to you that is intrinsically you, that he's gifted you for his glory? Use that thing. We need you to be you in the way that God's created you. Get after it. Go after it. Um, and as we do that, we become this very efficient, effective body um, that is seeking to live Jesus's good news out into the streets and in, into our workplaces and schools, wherever you are, for his glory and his honor. So get after it. Do it. You are intrinsically important to what's going on right now. Um, thank you for all of you who continue to listen and tune in. And those of you who continue to be generous, thank you so much. Really, really appreciate it. All right, uh, we're going to continue on. I, I was going. I, I initially was going to start with this passage, but I was like, no, I think I need to back up, and that's why I did four ten first. And now we're going to go into four eleven. So, First John four eleven says this: Beloved, if God so loved you, we also ought to love one another. Once again, beloved. If God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. You know, uh, many of you know this, but my son Cooper was diagnosed with leukemia. He was uh, eight years old, three and a half years of treatment, absolutely painful, so hard, so difficult, no words. Um, but he endured, and he was he was honestly healed. And um, we're so grateful to see that that can healing continues. And uh, but what's so interesting uh, to Patty and to me, to us, is um, in the midst of Cooper's healing, that we are having to constantly remind him that he's been given a gift, that he's been given life, and that our family has survived. But with that survival comes a gift. It, it is this biblical principle to whom much is given much is required. And I'm sure Cooper is so annoyed with this continued, you know, encouragement that we give him. But I think it's so important. We're like, where so many else have not made it, have not survived, you're living. And I would say the same to you and to me. We're alive. We're alive for a purpose. And to whom much is given, much is required. John continues on to kind of awaken our minds, awaken our imagination. He's continuing on with us um, as if the truth, right? This truth that we were enemies of God. This is what uh, 4.10 is saying, First John 4.10. We were enemies of God, and yet God has loved us so much that he is the propitiation for our sins. That he's our propitiation for our sins. He he is a, a he justified us before God. We are made right before God as a result of what the Son has done. And now he's starting to zone us in. He's starting, John is starting to focus us in. If you know, it's like he's saying this to this church, he's saying this to you and to me. If you know this and you believe this and you receive this, then we got some work to do. We have others to bless with this amazing gift that we've been given. This incredible gift of love, this incredible gift of sacrifice, of standing in the gap that now 
we get to be kingdom participants in this reality. This is what it means to be Christians. But here's what I'm um, continuing to find out about myself, about so many people, is that we are, like so many other things, we are consumers of love. You know, and that's that's what we are, and that's what we become. It's kind of like we have this me, me, me theology. You know, it's all about me. Oh, yeah, Lord, it's all about you. But in reality, if we're honest, and let's get honest here, it's about us. And this is this moment we have to repent. And John, uh, John is like, are, 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 are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? God has laid down his life for you. Now, as a result of this astounding, earth-shattering kingdom come truth, what are you going to do? And I've come to understand a, a fundamental problem uh, in the church, and just so we're all on the same page. I'm the church. You're the church. We're a part of the church. And this is what it is. And this is so hard to confess, but it's real, is that, we, that we're takers, or takers. And you go, well, okay, so what what does that mean? Do you have, you know, do you have people in your life or in your lives that they just kind of take, take, take? Every time you, you hang out with them, you just, you kind of come home and you're like, man, I just feel, <laughs> I just feel completely drained. Like, there wasn't this give and take in the conversation. It was just give, 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 give. And you're longing for it. You're hoping for it. It just doesn't happen. And you get back home and you're like, you say, like, I don't want to do that again. You know, and your wife or your husband goes, come on. Like, they're not bad people. And you're like, I just can't do it. They're completely and utterly wearing me out. Every time you hang out with them, you're like, I can't take it anymore. And you ask yourself all the time, why? Why do we keep going out with them? Why do we keep doing that? And yet, they keep calling and they keep asking and they keep taking this. And this is real. This is us. This is us. And we really, really do need to face it. It's, and, and, and what we need to face is it's not easy to be sacrificial. It's not easy to be loving. We want to. I'm not saying people are bad. We want to. I think our, uh, a lot of our desires are to do the right thing. We just can't find ourselves doing that. We just end up finding ourselves as takers over and over my counselor, uh, he's so wonderful, and, and he has this am- amazing illustration uh, as it relates to the church. And I think this is important, and so kind of zone in, find yourself in the midst of this. But um, he talks about, he was a part of this really significant church, still is a part of this church, this very significant church in the U.S., one of the largest churches in the U.S. And he was a part of this church uh, in the early days, like he, they were one of the you know, one of the early members of this church. And they met in this small uh, place, and, and he says that, that it was so beautiful. He remembers, he said, we used to have to wait in line to pick up our kids. Wait in line. And he said, my wife and I would look around, and we'd go, like, oh, my gosh, all these people are waiting in line. Like, he was so pumped on it. And he goes, and then we'd get in our car in a gravel parking lot, and he said, and then we would wait in line 
to leave the church. And he said, my wife and I would look around and go, isn't this amazing? There are people showing up to this church who don't know Jesus. And they're like waiting in line to get their kids, waiting in line to get out of church. This is amazing. This is so incredible. And then he talks about this. Then one day it all changed. And I said, okay, well, what happened? Well, you know... What ended up happening was we started worrying about the next appointment. You know, what we had to do after church. And we started getting really, really in impatient. You know, God had just met us in this place, but that was like great. But we got other things to do and we got to get going. So I my kids. So we started to make the process in which we picked up our kids a lot more efficient, a lot more effective. And he goes, and then they did something so tragic. And I'm like, what is that? They, they paved the parking lot. I was like, help me understand that. They paved the parking lot. He said, we started, people started worrying more about their cars than the people that were in them. And they paved the parking lot. He said, we started making Christianity convenient. And I was like, whoa. First off, I was like, that will preach. That'll preach. We paved the parking lot. Why? Because we cared more about people's Bentleys then we cared about their souls. This is what John is trying to address. And this is an illustration of the soul of real life. And, and, and this is all that is antagonistic to the good news. Because true love says, good news is, I expect nothing in return. Because I have been given new life through Christ... And that life now inspires me to give it up to others so that they can see Jesus. This is what is all about. And we've forgotten this. We, we just have to be honest about this. We have forgotten about this. The, the church in John's day and the church of today is struggling with the same thing. It's this deep-rooted selfishness. You know, it's kind of like I want free grace and I want free love and, and I don't really necessarily want to reciprocate it. And at the core of this is spiritual narcissism. And, and I love Webster's describes narcissism as excessive interest or an admiration of oneself. And I, and I have to be honest, that made me laugh and grieve all at the same time. That is the human condition and Satan loves it. And he's been prying on it from the beginning of time. And if we, if we, he can get us to turn all of God's gifts in on themselves, then you and I will never be concerned with others. And this is essentially hindering the great commission that we've been called into, this life that we've been called into. So what do we, we, what we need to resist is, is this. We need to resist that narcissism, that narcissistic spirituality. And what we need to take on is this. We are beloved. And so we need to act like it. God loves us. So we need to live like it. And we need to love others because that's what we've been called to do. And what Jesus displays for us in his life and on the cross is what he invites us into. And this is where he comes to this moment with Peter and says, do you love me? feed my sheep and he repeats it three times true love never thinks 
of itself. So the question is this, how are you loving others as Christ has loved you? Father God, we're, we're really going to need your help on this. The human condition is real. And I see it in myself and I repent. Forgive me. Forgive me of this narcissism. Forgive me of this short, short, short-sighted spirituality. And lead me into life everlasting. So, take a breath. Reflect. And believe that the God of the universe is near to you in your own heartbeat. Until next time. Cheers.